Podcast City Network. The Everett Lee Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Everett Lee Show. I'm the Everett Lee. I want to give a shout out to everyone who follows me on social media, Facebook, Everett Lee Show, Twitter, at the Everett Laura Score Lee, Instagram, Everett Lee, YouTube, Everett Lee, and of course, Podcasting Network, your top source for independent podcasting. Be creative, be yourself. PodcastCity.net, Facebook, Podcast City Network, Twitter, at PodcastCityNet, and all the information will be in the description of this episode when it gets published. So everything I talk about with my guest tonight, be sure to check out the description of this episode. And let's get on with my guest. He's in the waiting room right now. It's been almost probably a year since I last talked to my guest. He came on to promote the return of Theater of Terror. And he's back with some more updates and news on that. I am happy and excited to welcome back onto the Everett Lee show, none other than Thomas Ryan. What's up, man? Hey, Everett. how you doing, man? Great to see you. It's good Great to see to you again. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been forever. We were talking there just briefly. It's been almost like around the pandemic, twenty twenty. Towards the end of that was the last time yeah. I talked to you. Yeah, since the uh, since we released Soothsayer. Or at least since we were done, and and we kind of shared that sneak preview and discussion on that first film of the anthology. Yeah, been a while, man. It's, I'm glad to be back on, and glad to kind of be on the other end of this right now, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember watching watching that man. You gave gave me and uh, Ripper Blackheart. I had him on early preview yes. of of the next installment of the Theater of Terror, and. Man, it it just seems like it gets just you raise the bar on yourself each time when you come out with something new like this. Thank you. I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of part of the mission, you know, to get better at what we're doing and um, for that to be noticeable to our audience. Um, yeah, man, we work hard on these films and um, I, I appreciate that. That uh, that you take notice that our work is improving, and I, I think it is too. And uh, uh, we're all getting better at this uh, slowly but surely, and we're having a great time doing it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it seems like you're having a lot of fun with um, with getting all the next installment of the theater of terror together. Because I watched the first the first anthology, and I told you, and you laughed about it because uh, it's serious. It gave me chills. It creeped me the hell out, man. <laughs> it did. That's awesome. I love to hear that because that's what we're about too is the chills, you know. I saw somebody post a great meme on social media the other day. It was a kind of picture of all the Universal Monster movies, Frankenstein and Wolfman and Dracula. Uh, and it said, uh, no gore, uh, no nudity, uh, just chills and uh, atmosphere. And it kind of reminds me of like what we do. Don't get me wrong. I love a good gore flick like anybody else that loves horror. Um, but what we try to do is very heavy on atmosphere and chills and the fact that it that it that it gave you the creeps and the chills is great because that's what we're trying to do. And with this new uh, anthology, I think we've got a lot of that uh, in this as well. That's going to really creep you out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sooth Slayer. I mean, that right there. Am I saying that pronounced right? Sooth Slayer? 
Soothsayer. Soothsayer. Okay. Soothsayer, I can never, right. I can never, never pronounce yeah. right <laughs> at the time. That, that was a pretty good short story. I mean, we talked about it last time and it had to do with a guy trying to change the past and things didn't work out too well for him well it was it's actually it's actually a guy that tries to change the future oh yeah that's right yes because he he travels uh our lead anthony grasso plays dr rod serling uh, appropriately named after the inspiration of the film which was uh rod serling his name was robert serling i'm sorry dr robert serling and uh yeah, he travels. He demonstrates this time machine that he's created. Um, he demonstrates it for a colleague of his, and uh, he sees a glimpse of the future that uh, terrifies him, and he tries to prevent it. And uh, that's that's basically the summary of of the plot of the film. Um, yeah, it, that's a lot of fun. Uh, like it, that was a throwback to like the old Universal monster movies or those classic black and white nineteen fifties science fiction films. Um, and, uh, that one was a lot of fun for us cause we got to do time travel, man. It's something I love, a story. I love, you know, back to the future, the time machine, you know, so many different flicks, uh, that revolve around time travel terminator. I, I love those stories. So that was fun for us to get to do that. Yeah, it, it was, it was done and it was shot. It was shot beautifully. I liked how you kept it almost twilight zone type because that's what it reminded me of. Like when we talked about it last time I talked to you, but it just how it was shot and how it was put together was just brilliant. And just to reminisce on that, uh, you pretty much, you shot that up there in the New Jersey up there where you live up there. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We shot that in Bloomfield college and in Kipps castle, um, uh, respectively in Bloomfield and in, um, Verona, New Jersey, uh, great locations, um, just great backdrops for that period piece, you know, that kind of cathedral look, of course, Kipps castle is a castle and it's, uh, it, it's awesome interiors and windows and, um, the beautiful rooms and furniture, uh, you know, the place was furnished and everything. So that was a great pleasure for us to shoot in those two locations. Yeah. All local Jersey stuff. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, the the rest the rest of it you you've put out some stuff. I've I've seen the trailers of the two other two other films that's going along with the Soothsayer in the Return mm -hmm. of Theater of Terror. I checked out Splinter. <laughs> man, yeah, man. I, I, that's creeping me out right there. Just what's happening with with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Splinter's going to be a great one. Where. <laughs> We're premiering the world premiere for Splinter is going to be at the Garden State Film Festival on Wednesday, uh, March 23rd in uh, the Cranford Theater in Cranford, New Jersey. Uh, so we're psyched about that. We're having the premiere there with a, a block of some other great shorts. Um, but yeah, Splinter is kind of our. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but we're heavy on our prosthetics and our special effects uh, in Splinter. Great job by Mike Scardillo and Beatrice Sniper, two people that we've worked with um, on on quite a few other projects. Great effects artists um, with Theater of Terror. Um, and this one is follows our lead, Jim Thalman, and he's a, he's a fellow that's moving his family back into his childhood home, which he inherits from his estranged mother, who okay. has just recently passed away. Um, and when he gets there and moves his family in, um, he winds up getting a splinter in his foot. 
and from this incident leads from this incident leads um, the kind of research and discovery of his family's history, uh, his family's past, uh, the history of the town. Um, uh, so it's a uh, it's a great thriller, suspense, horror flick. Um, Krista Miri also stars. Quincy Sade, um, Joe Amarino, Andrew Hunsicker, Tom uh, Martin. We have a great lineup of, uh, of of local independent actors, as we always love to work with. Uh, super talented people. Again, shooting in Bloomfield, um, also in Westfield, New Jersey. Um, so again, we're 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 at some you know uh, local uh, places that uh, this community that helps support our projects. And uh, that is a wild one, man. It's got, like I said, it's 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 got great effects. It's a real trip. The story is originally uh, written by Todd Starooch, right? Our buddy producer at the yeah. Terror. Yeah, I was yeah, about so- to ask you about that. Did is this the one? This is the one he wrote. Yeah, so he yeah. wrote it, um, and he showed it to me. And it, and uh, I'll make a long story short. Todd wanted to make this kind of his debut uh, directing um, film, and we started talking about. He showed me the story. I said, I really like the story, man. I said, this sounds like it's going to need a pretty decent budget behind it. And he's like, ah, you know what? He says, I just want to make a film, man. I'll see how it turns out if people don't like it. And I said, I'll be honest with you. I really like the story. And I don't think you should just kind of um, uh, try to do it super low budget. I said, let us try to do this as a theater of terror production. You know, we have more resources behind us. Um, we did an Indiegogo campaign for it. We raised some uh, some good money for it. And we were able to really do it justice and what, what the story deserved. And, uh, you know, in the end, Todd was really happy with the way the film turned out. And uh, it was just a great, uh, a, a great thing for me to be able to bring that story to life in a way that I think uh, it deserved to be seen. It's, a, it's once you see the story, you'll know what I mean. It's uh, the kind of film that you don't want to kind of skimp on. And of course, I wish we had even more money to make it, you know, even bigger. But <laughs> no, it's a great story with some wonderful actors, some some awesome locations, fantastic special effects. Um, I'm very excited about this entry uh, in the anthology, and I think you're going to love it. It's actually a little longer than the other stories where we always ran about 20 minutes. This one is 55 minutes. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's, that, that is, that is long though. But from the trailer, just seeing, seeing the, just, I I laugh. He's like, oh, I I stepped on a splinter and it's killing me. And then all of a sudden it flashes to a scene where he's like, ah, and it's like, whoa, what's happening here? And then just, just the effects, he pulls up a shirt and there's like these lines going up. It's like, it's like, it's almost like he's getting blood poisoning from what I, from what I gather from it. It's like some, Something, he stepped on a splinter and it's doing something to him and it's and then his wife at the end when it when the screen goes black you hear her screaming in terror it's like oh shoot man something this Love is it. gonna Love turn it. out yes. something bad yes. you got all the right signals <laughs> yeah i i like when when i watched theater terror the the first anthology the story with the the bookworm that creeped me the hell out man so i'm thinking that right here with this here because it cool. uh, goes along the lines there with body transformation <laughs> i love it great yeah man it's uh we've definitely been known to explore that topic and uh I, you just have to watch the film to see <laughs> now, <laughs> now at the time at the time of this, because when I when I did last speak with you, it was during the pandemic, and you pretty much you had 
Shoof Slayer wrapped up. Now, were were you already in production with this before uh, before the pandemic, or were you able to finish this afterwards? No, we did this during the pandemic, and um, you know, I was I'm very uh, close communication with all the cast and the crew as it was going on, and uh, after. After Soothsayer was done and we started pre-production on Splinter, it took a little while to get the pre-production done. And we kind of came to a point where I think at that point, numbers were kind of going down. It wasn't at the end. It was like around the middle when that happened. You know, the numbers started going down and um, we just all really wanted to work and we wanted to get the film done. And so we were just, I mean, we were all responsible adults and we just communicated. We were very honest with each other. And we decided let's move ahead with the production and uh, we coordinated everything as safely as we could. And we went ahead and we made the movie. And uh, it, it was a successful outing and I'm glad that we did it. Um, you know, we could have lost a lot of time if we let the pandemic really kind of dictate what we were going to do with this anthology. So, uh, yeah, luckily for us, uh, we, it was an incident free shoot. We got the film done. Um, everybody was really excited how quickly, uh, we turned it around and we got a cast and crew screening and everybody loved it. So, uh, yeah, it was, um, what you would think would be really challenging. It was, uh, uh, we actually, I mean, we've, we've been through worse. I almost want to say as an indie film production company, you know what I mean? Right. So, uh, we, we, we navigated this pretty good. Nice. Nice. That's, yeah. that's, that's amazing. I love that. I love that. Ed, Recently, you just put out the trailer for Robot, which is yeah. which is the Act Three for you put on there. I'm on looking on your the Theater of Terror Facebook page. If you go to yeah. Facebook.com/slash Theater Terror, I'm looking at the post here, and please enjoy the official trailer of for Robot Act Three of Return to the Theater of Terror. Trailer trailer looked pretty good. I mean, like from what I gather from the trailer, something uh, a UFO crashes next to out in the woods. Kind of reminds me of most like a little bit of like what we saw in the first story uh, with, with the one story from the first anthology. But this one is a little bit different, so I like this. And the the boy sees something happen, and then all of a sudden you get the men in black knocking on his front door asking the, his mother if we can you know speak to him you know speak the jack and, and yeah. it's like how do you know my son and then all of a sudden it's like they're hunting for something he he's seen something he got something from the spaceship and then towards the towards the end there you see him holding a robot and stuff and you could see it from the robot's eyes. I thought that was cool. I was like, Whoa, man. I was like, I was like, don't kill the kid, please don't kill the kid. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to see a kid get killed. It's like <laughs> something bad happened, but I noticed in the credits, um, your son, this is your son, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's his, my son, Jack. Yeah. Um, I wrote robot and I, I don't want to, I don't want to say I wrote, it with Jack in mind, but I think it, it wasn't soon after I was writing it that I started thinking about him for the part. Uh -huh. um, he's uh, Jack is a natural. And uh, for a while during COVID um, I was shooting, there was one friend that he was hanging out with. That was our, our friend's son and Jack's best friend. His name is Cody. And uh, 
you know, they're best friends. And, and early on in the lockdown, we're like, all right, we got to get these boys together. Like this is, you know, we got to get, they need to, they need to be together, right? hang out and socialize. And so they started coming over the house and, uh, you know, with not a lot to do, I, they actually came to me one day and said, we want to make a short little movie. And so they told me about it. And that's when we did Frights at the Fridge. And this is all part of what's called the Chilling Childhood Adventures of Jack and Cody. It's what it led to. I actually started shooting on an iPhone and shot a, a series of, you know, micro shorts with these two boys uh, and what I like to call experiencing like the fun side of horror. Yeah. And, and I have yeah. friends that have that have kids that they show this to and that they say uh, their kids thoroughly enjoy it. And it's kind of a fun way to introduce them to scary stuff without leaving them with nightmares. So, uh, yeah, we started making those and I, I kind of saw that Jack was ready when we did those, that he was ready for a bigger role. Right. He's great in this film. And, uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful to be able to share that experience with my, my 10 year old boy, you know, it's great. That, that is amazing. That is because when I saw the credits come up of the cast and I, I seen, I seen his name, I was like, I was like, that's that's Tom's son. I was like, wow. I was like, he's his, like his, you know, big screen debut. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is, this is great. And I remember <laughs> seeing those, those, the, the footage and stuff uh, that you shot with him and his friend running around and stuff and doing yeah. things that, that was fun because it was like during that time, it just, there was not too much going on and right. it was great. You captured, you pretty much captured moments there. Which, which yeah, is great. for sure. Yeah. Especially when you watch the series from beginning to end, you could actually see the physical change in the kids as they, you know, in that time span, how much older they got in those two years. So it's, uh, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. Time flies when you're having fun, I guess, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, definitely, it definitely is. I mean, my my daughter, she just turned five at the end of last month. I oh, so wow. Five years old. Wow. <sighs> great age. <laughs> great age yeah you know enjoy it while you can because it just uh my wife and i were just reviewing like old videos of our kids when they were babies and two years old and three years old and uh gosh it just seems like how did we get here so quick my daughter's 13 yeah. now jack is 10 uh and it goes by very very quickly it's and it's great that we could be able to save some of those memories on video and you know i mean when i was a kid i think i only have like you know polaroids of me you know, or, or little slides and stuff. So it's, it's great that it's, you know, we've come so far and we get to record that stuff. It's awesome. It is. It is. I, I believe my, I have a photo album. I have a photo album with uh, me as like baby pictures. And when I was a kid, I think the oldest yeah. picture I have is when I'm like 19. And then I got videos, VHS tapes of my mom gave to me when I was 16 I played him one night for my wife and she's looking, she's like, that's you. It's like, yeah, that was me when I was 16. It's like, it's like you had hair. <laughs> like, yeah, I had hair <laughs> when I was 16. Uh, she's like flannels, blue jeans, converse. I'm like, yeah, it's like, Hey, it was the nineties, man. <laughs> right, right, right. That's it, man. No apologies, man. No apologies necessary. No, man. No, no. I was like, if you really want to see something, you should have seen what I wore when I was a kid in the eighties, man. I was like, 
I was like, I could walk outside at night and uh, I could become a traffic traffic cone (laughs) (laughs) with all the neon stuff and uh, all that stuff back, back in the day. But Yeah. yeah, she, she, she was amazed by it. And my, my mom, she captured a lot of moments that I didn't get to catch when, uh, when, when she passed away back in September, I was able, my brother gave me her phone and I have, I have it, but I've not been able to like get on there because my mom one time showed me when she was alive, she showed me all the stuff that she has on my daughter. She's captured when she would watch her and I haven't got to the point yet to go on my mom's phone and actually retrieve that footage yet. I've just, I'm not ready yet, but I, I will because I have a lot of footage right here on my computer and stuff. And, uh, I remembered the other day, my wife shared it on, on her Facebook when my daughter was taking her first steps. (laughs) It's like, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. She just took off and ran, man. (laughs) Get me out of here. She did. She picked up a toy and threw it back, almost hit my mom and took off running. And then she fell. And then, then from there on, man, she runs around all over the place. She runs all over the place. It was funny tonight. I I got told by a seven-year-old that I should let my daughter come out and play when it was almost dark. I got schooled by a seven-year-old. Her friends came over when we were eating, and they knocked on the door and asked if she'd come out. And I was like, "No, it's getting late. She's going to eat, and then she's going to be, you know, going to bed soon." And she's looking in, and she's like, "Oh, she's not eating that much. I think she should come out and play. She should be able to come out and play." I was like, "I'm like, that's <laughs> not your decision to make. That's right. my decision to make. Get your ass home." <laughs> like what are you it's like kids say the darnest things man that shocked yeah. me man that shocked me tonight yeah <laughs> you told a seven-year-old you know you need to let her play i was like the hell i'm not <laughs> that's it man you're officially the old man now yeah, i am uh-huh. i am right. i'm that mean old man that lives across the street now that's right, that's right. kids gotta tell you off once in a while yeah, <laughs> um, I haven't got to the point where I'm that one yelling to get off my lawn. <laughs> soon, soon, my friends. <laughs> wow, but just just with the with the theater terror with the films, you only have how how many do you have in this one? Because I've only we only seen like four. I think yeah, four four films. Is that all you're going to have for this one for this? Uh... Yeah, yeah. There's going to be four for this one as well. So we're three in right now. We have uh, The last one we're doing is Haunted. Yes. And uh, that's kind of about a paranormal investigator uh, by the name of Carl McGavin, uh, being uh, played by the lead is Brett Eidman. Uh, we're going to have an actress named Jen Plotsky, uh, Gareth Tidball. Um, it's going to be a nice little lineup, nice tight little story. It's going to be our first kind of ghost story. So uh, – yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, working with effects artist Mike Scardillo again. Right now we're doing a lot of pre-production location scouting. We're still casting for a couple of parts in the film. But, uh, yeah, that one's the next to go. I think we're going to launch an Indiegogo pretty soon for that. Okay. Uh, because when we originally launched our first Indiegogo for Return to the Theater of Terror, we raised somewhere around 65% of the total that we were trying to get. Uh, so at this point, we're going to try to raise the balance of that 
to get the last film done and hopefully the wraparound story too. So uh, Haunted would be the last story. And then hopefully we can get the wraparound going as well. Um, it'd be great. Uh, but if we can't, then just similar to the first anthology, if we've got four brand new films and stories, uh, we could just package it that way as well. You know, so uh, we're going to see what we could do. But I think um, doing the wraparound would be very cool because uh, there's we, we're going to kind of um, – get a little bit deeper into that story with Colin, the guy, the character that I played in the first one that's in yes. the theater and kind of inhabits the theater. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go a little bit more into who he is and about that place um, and uh, revisit that a little bit. But uh, that's, that's, that's the hope fingers crossed. Yeah. That the way, the way you ended that right there with it, with the ending and connecting with that last story that it just, and just the way it just ended is you wanted to see what was going to happen. And yeah. I, I liked how you executed that right there because it, that last story was, it was just, it gave me chills, dude. It did that last story with the, with the, uh, with the werewolves. Yeah. 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 That, that right there. And I didn't realize I was like, Oh, that's her. And she's, what the yeah. heck's going on? And then sure. just the reaction at the end, it just, I'm like, dude, what the hell's going to happen now? And then when you announced return to theater terror, I'm like, okay. I was like, hopefully it kind of picks up like where, you know, I'm hoping it does. It picks up kind of like right there and it leads into the second act. You would, would, would that be wrong for calling that like, the second part of theater chair to be like the second act, the big well, second act, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost, it's, it's going to be a different show. Okay. Um, so I wouldn't call it the second act, but um, I mean, within the theater of terror, we have our act one through four and that kind of happens in each film. Uh, but uh, it will take place in the theater and it, and it will, um, um, it will follow the events of the first film, um, uh, but how that how that plays out, I, I'll kind of leave that up in the air right now. Okay, okay, I was I was fishing. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I was know. I was fishing right there. I definitely was yeah, we'll fishing. We got some good stuff planned. We got some really interesting stuff planned. So, <laughs> you know, got some got some people in the in the Podbean live stream chat right now. Um, uh oh, let's see. The usual suspects. <laughs> Got uh I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. Hello. I can't see. Malik. I I gotta bring up the font a little bit closer, but he's in the chat listening right now. He's he's listening. Mr. Hello. He's listening too. And there's quite a there's quite a bit of people listening in tonight and Cool. I do want to. Cool. I do want to thank everyone jumping in here and listening with my conversation with uh, indie filmmaker Thomas Ryan talking about the return to theater of terror, and you're talking about the casting call. I'm gonna throw this up mm -hmm. right here on the on the screen here with you, since you're talking about the casting call. Um, I like this right here, throwing out the casting call right here of who you're looking for. Uh, this is for, because I'm on the website, Theater of Terror, and you're already, it says right there at the front of the page, pre-production right now, but you are doing the casting call for Haunted right there, it says. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. We've, uh, we've gotten some wonderful submissions so far, and uh, we welcome any more that would like to submit 
uh, in the coming weeks for sure. That's nice. I, I like it. I'm reading the reading the roles right there. Female role, Miss Olson, age 60 and up, all races. Welcome to apply. So that's good. You got some uh, submissions, man. That's that's. Does it seem kind of hard sometimes? It's like when you're going through just it's like you're because you're looking for that certain character to be like, that's that's who I'm looking for. And you pretty much that's process of elimination for you, correct? Yeah, I, sometimes it's a look or sometimes it's a behavior that helps me cast someone. Um, so uh, there's, of course, there's a certain mold that I'm looking for uh, that the character needs to fit. Um, sometimes there, it, that's more defined and sometimes it's more loosely defined. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, there, there's, there's, I guess there's little tells when you want to cast somebody. Uh, there's things that you see. I guess it's almost like you might be uh, when you're when you're uh, uh, attracted to someone and whatever it is about them kind of, you know, click something in your head. I think casting works exactly that way. Like do you just you're watching them read your lines or your script and you see that character in your head and either they are that character or they're not. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, there's a. There's a couple of interesting techniques I like to use when I cast, but I think we've been extremely uh, lucky and extremely uh, blessed with an abundance of excellent local independent film talents that have brought our films to the next level. And I, I appreciate and I thank each and every one of those people and they know it. They know it. I, I love them because they just take our films to another level. And I think that helps right when you're watching an independent film to forget about how little money was spent on the film. You try to focus on the amazing things that uh, those or those amazing things make you forget those, you know, lower budgets. So yeah, right. th thank goodness for all of them. So yeah, we've been lucky. That's, that's good. That's, that's good. I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the cast that you get together for, for the theater of terror. And um, was it uh Todd, he he played a small role in the in the last in the the, uh, the werewolf story, if I remember. Yeah. Is there um, yeah. is there any chance we may see Todd pop up in a different role in a little cameo in one of these films? <laughs> you know, Todd Todd is dead in this movie. That's it. All, all of our films exist in the same uh, universe, and Todd is dead. Okay, <laughs> sorry, Todd. <laughs> no coming back, Todd. No coming back. <laughs> but take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dive more into the conversation right here. But first, there's a couple things I do want to mention. Keep up with the latest shows and content from Podcast City Network over on podcastcity.net. Follow them on facebook.com slash podcastcitynetwork. Twitter at podcastcitynet. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Podcast City Network, on Twitch, Podcast City Network. Podcast City Network, top source for independent podcasting. Be creative, be yourself. Whether it's a sticker for your car, a t-shirt for that special someone, or a neck guarded to keep safe during COVID-19, Podcast City Network has you covered. Grab the latest PCN gear today at podcastcity.net slash shop to show your support for your favorite show or shows from Podcasting Network today. Want to start a podcast trying to grow your current show? 
Podcast City Network is here to help. We currently offer services for social media advertising, marketing, live stream hosting, custom logo designing and branding, transcript services, custom intro and outro videos, audio video editing, press kits, one-on-one consultants, and much more. So don't wait. Contact us today. Podcastc.net slash services. Head over to the website, fill out the form, get in contact with Podcasting Network. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast but didn't know how? Do you already have a podcast but you don't know how to grow it? Are you trying to find ways to make your podcast profitable? You can learn how to do it here at Podcast City Network. We offer consultant services, tutorial classes to help with learning to better expand your knowledge to grow your show. We also give access to our network of shows to help with cross promotions, guests, and overall reach while becoming a part of our ever-expanding PCN community based on people helping people. The best part is no membership fee. So what are you waiting for? Fill out the contact form below right here over on podcastcity.net slash join now and sign up today. Podcast City Network, your top source for independent podcasting. Be creative, be yourself. You're listening to The Everett Lee Show. ask you about this you put a post out there a while back ago and you mentioned it in the last um the last uh short film on the theater terror where where there was it had like a news flash thing at the bottom and it referred to a character the character from uh faces <laughs> and you right. put a post right. out Still there the yeah, yeah. Still on the loose i love that i loved reading that i was dying laughing when i saw that i'm like this is great man him acknowledge you know it's like the same universe yeah. you know yeah it always it really is it all works in and a lot of the films have easter eggs that kind of lend to other films um and then i like to connect those to uh the original works and i've done it as well with day nine the zombie outbreak you know in some films yeah in face faces actually has uh, a, gl- a a smart a small glimpse of the newscast from day nine taking place in faces so technically speaking that zombie apocalypse happened while frank was on his murder spree <laughs> so <laughs> it was all kind of happening at the same time yeah oh wow i didn't i didn't realize that or i must have uh, forgot about that that is cool that is cool yeah. but you you did put a post out there you said you asked everyone should i do a sequel you know, for faces and see where Frank is at. And I was like, yeah, I'd like to see that, man, because there's so many directions you can go with that character at after what happened at the end of the movie there. I mean, you could do so, so much and go so many directions. What um, have you had any ideas that pop in your head that you're possibly playing with? Been playing with? I have. I have. I I have. And I have thought about it. And uh yeah, there's ideas and there's a, there's kind of a sequel story that's uh, popping around in my head. Um, you know, the funny thing with Frank and Faces is I, I love the movie. I love the the whole concept that we had and just the way that we delivered it and the, the energy and the effort that everybody put forth to get that film done. Just some great memories and such great characters. And um, I had such a great time working with my buddy, Paul Committer, who plays Charlie, right, is his friend in the in the in the wall. 
And um, it's one of those things where I feel like it, it, that story absolutely does not need a sequel. Um, and at the same time, doing a sequel would be extremely uh, uh, enjoyable for me to continue what we did at, at, a, at a higher level. Mm -hmm. Because Faces is one of my favorite things that we've done. And I can only imagine what we'd be able to do with something like that today. And so I think it would be fun to revisit it just to kind of see what we can do with that story and the evolution of those, the characters, um, or at least the, you know, whatever characters are going to, you know, continue into the sequel. And, um, I would love to do it, but it's, it's, I don't know that it would be a priority for me because I don't feel it needs to be done. I just right. feel that it would be a lot of fun, but I don't think it needs to be done. And, um, you know, that along with, uh, along with a sequel to faces, there are a lot of other ideas that are bouncing around in my head. And I guess, you know, you have to figure out which one is going to win out and which one is going to, you know, really rise to the top there. And so that, uh, time will tell that, you know, because right now, again, I'm, I'm just consumed by return to the theater of terror. I want to finish up another, great anthology and we're three films into doing that with two more little things to shoot, uh, to kind of wrap that up. And, uh, well, not little, but two things <laughs> to shoot until we wrap that up. But yeah, I, you know, so right now that's kind of where the focus is at. Amazing. I, I love it, man. I love it. And talk, talking about movies, uh, between working on, Return to Theater of Terror. Have you seen anything lately? Anything new? So the Batman. Oh, did you? How I knew we were going to talk about this too, so <laughs> I'm ready. I've I've heard I've heard a lot of people they love it. I I've I have two comic book friends that are big comic in the comic books. One of them said he absolutely loved it. He he thought it was great. He loved everything there, there was with how Robert Patterson executed the Batman and the and made it more, this was more of a detective story from like Batman of like with the comics of him being a detective. But then, but then I had my other friend who was like, Oh, absolute garbage. I couldn't stand it. Uh, Robert Patterson was good as Batman, but he sucked at Bruce Wayne. And I'm like, you know, I hear a lot of that one, one person likes it. This one don't like it. This likes it, you know, back and forth and stuff. Where are you at on this? So I uh, I went to the fan screening, which was like a day or, or like four, I think it was a Tuesday mm -hmm. that we went to go see it. Um, I went with my buddy Lou Libet, cinematographer, got me to take it. Shout out to Lou, thanks, buddy. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was very good. Um, see, I I'm very careful about when I start screaming for Oscars for people. And, and calling movies a masterpiece. Yeah. I'm very, you know, when it comes to throwing those terms around, I'm very frugal. I don't like to, to use those. I don't want to say everything is brilliant. You know, um, it is a very well-made movie. The acting is good. Robert Pattinson is good. Um, all the actors are very good in the movie. Um, I love that Commissioner Gordon is a larger part of the movie. Right. I love that he's he's... I love that it seems the police department is so much more involved in things as opposed to when you see a lot of other movies, it seems like it's just Batman is like the only thing in town stopping anything. You know what I mean? Once in a while, a cop would run out, but 
this movie seems a little bit more realistic in in terms of Batman's interactions with law enforcement. I really appreciated that. I do like that it was more of a detective movie. It was like a thriller, like a suspense crime thriller. Um, I like that. Um, I liked everything about it. Uh, three hours felt a little long. And I, and, and I don't want people to misinterpret that. It, I, I was never sitting there like, oh, come on, wrap this up already. But um, three hours is a long time, you know, to sit in a movie. Yeah. Um, and so um, – I, and I know, I know, like it, it seemed like it probably could have been about two and a half, and it felt like there was a couple of things that were in there because they wanted to make the, a, a certain point about something, yeah, or show the audience a certain thing. And I get it. I especially get it when someone mentioned, "Well, this is the director's cut. Like, you're not going to get a director's cut. This is it, right? And that's why, and that's why it's three hours, right? So, like, there a studio version might have been two hours, yeah." Right? But they're yeah. like this. They put out the director's cut of this film, which I could totally appreciate. And again, it didn't seem like it was too long. It right. just, it just felt. I mean, three hours is. It just feels a little bit long, um, and for a Batman movie too. You yeah. Know? I mean, um, Avengers Endgame I think was all close to three hours. I think right. It was like two and two and a half or two forty-five or something like that. Yeah, it was about two forty-five. Right. And if I remember, the Dark Knight Rises was about two, almost about two forty-five, somewhere two thirty really? in there. Yeah. 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 Um. So, but but again, that it that wasn't a big deal. Um. The one thing I I feel in in this film that I could say, and I and I and I'll tell you a list that I came up with after this, but. I don't feel like this necessarily brought anything new to Batman on screen mm -hmm. uh, because while this was more heavy on the detective side of it, the other Batman movies did have some detective work in it as well. Not to the extent that this one did, right? but like the, the Christian Bales one definitely did. And, and Michael Keaton, you know, had some as well, but um, uh, I, I just don't feel that this film did anything new and not that it had to, Mm -hmm. But I guess what I'm saying is every time we saw another incarnation of Batman, right? First, when we saw Michael Keaton's Batman, we were like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Like, this is all this is a new way. The last thing that we'd all seen was Adam West, basically, and the cartoons. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. and so Michael Keaton comes along and they got Tim Burton's kind of cool, dark gothic bat you know gotham was 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 cool yeah and then when christian bale came it was a lot closer to this version right um uh -huh. the um the christopher nolan films was a lot closer to this matt reeves version yeah and uh you know very dark stuff but a lot of like detective work and with the especially with the joker and such right mm -hmm. um so but this film is very heavy on it and it's very cool about the way they they do it in this film i like it a lot with Gordon standing around a Batman and they're kind of bouncing back and forth with dialogue. I, I enjoy that very much. I like that because it's very reminiscent of the comics, the comics that I read and grew nice. up reading. Um, but I don't know if there was anything like new, like what can you do with the Batmobile, Batmobile anymore? Right now the right. Batmobile was very <laughs> cool in this film, right? But it's not like, like the, the thing keeps evolving to the point where, what are you going to make it? You know what I mean? It's like, okay, we got to go backwards now. And I kind of felt like that that's what they did with the Batmobile. They made it a little bit more Mad Max. Yeah. You know, which I appreciate. I think it's cool too. That was very cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, up and up, up and down. I like the film. I like the film and I would recommend someone going to see it. 
for sure. And I think I could go see it in the theater a second time, knowing now that I've seen it already and I could get up and go pee in the middle of that three hours. <laughs> I'll feel a lot more like this time I was just there. Like I can't move for three hours. It was right. tough, <laughs> especially at <laughs> my age. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, I enjoyed it a lot, man. I, uh, have you seen it? No, I ha- I haven't seen it yet. I I've been trying okay. to get uh, trying to been trying to get someone to go with me to see it that that wants to see it because people I've I expect to go see it. Nah, I'm busy. I got this going on, but I do I do want to see it because I I want to see what Robert Patterson does because I like each version of Batman that's come mm-hmm. out because they've they've made they made it their own it, it's just something different like michael keaton how his movement was when he was batman and him being bruce wayne his mannerisms just how he moved about and then how christian bale took it and how he moved about being batman and when he was bruce wayne just yeah. seeing seeing how the interaction of a day and night for for that person yeah. and then and then uh was it Ben Affleck seeing seeing how he handled it because he was the last sure. person that had it before you know Robert Patterson and so he, yeah so here's my list now that you've just introduced that here's my list okay um best Bruce Wayne for me is a tie between um Michael Keaton and actually I just think it's Michael Keaton Michael Keaton I think he's just my best Bruce Wayne I think he's my best Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, my best Batman, which is just Batman suited up doing dialogue, I think is a tie between Michael Keaton and Robert Pattinson. Oh, I okay. really do. I think he was a very good Batman suited up and just talking. Right. Um, and then I have my best Batman fight scenes, which I'm going to give to Ben Affleck. And I think those were the, the most amazing Batman action sequences that that were done in those Zack Snyder films were freaking amazing. Yeah, uh, and I think the brutality and the strength and the uh, the coordination, uh, the athleticism, everything that they just got across in his Batman was awesome. So I really enjoyed that. So I think that's how my lineup would go if I was to say these are my favorite, you know, uh, actors doing these these parts. I think that's how it would go because that's another thing in this new Batman. The fight scenes were very good, but they were very similar to kind of like the Nolan fight scenes, the way they were shot. Okay. Um, you know, um, and while Zack Snyder's were shot a lot, his action sequences are a lot more fluid. And um, yeah, um, there's just a big difference um, in, in those fight sequences and there's nothing wrong with the new ones in this new Batman film, but it's just a different style. And stylistically, I just like what Zack Snyder does a lot more with that stuff. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, yeah. I, I but cool. Like it, was it. Great, it was a great movie, man. I like, I, I like it a lot. I mean, I, you know, they, yeah. but I've liked all the Batman movies. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Exception, like there was a few that I, I, I wasn't crazy about um, Batman. I think it was Batman and Robin. Right with uh, Schwarzenegger at no no it was with uh, Two Face yeah that, Batman Forever Riddler. yeah Batman Forever yeah and uh, yeah Batman and Robin yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's a shame but uh, mm-hmm. and it's funny because I like Jim Carrey and I like Tommy Lee Jones yeah I just I I don't think I liked that I think that was Joel Schumacher right 
he's yeah. directing those films. Yeah, he I, did I the didn't last. Like, I didn't like that. He, I think it went a little too. Uh, it was like I was watching the '60s show all over the, the '60s version all over again. I was just waiting to see like bam and pow on the screen when punches were thrown. You know. Yeah, yeah. I that, that's pretty much how it went, and I was glad the Christopher Knoll version came in you know came in because it's just like let's we need to hit the reset button on this yeah i'm I'm glad they did because it gave a a different different take because i don't think if noel would have did what he did we would probably would would have that type of batman movie you know and i was glad glad he did because i was talking to someone the other day they're like yeah dark knight is my favorite out of that trilogy it was like I didn't care too much about Batman Begins, and I was like, I I like Batman Begins because Me too. you had Ra's al Ghul because that yeah. that right there was he's just a just a cunning villain, and yeah. you get to see like an origin because you never really got to see an origin story of how Batman became Batman. I mean, especially with the Keaton movies, you didn't see yeah. that. You saw the flashbacks of him seeing his parents getting killed, but right. Noel explored like this is Batman year one. This is what's happening, and just you get to right. see that training. And- Batman begins. Yeah, Batman begins. Kind of explains why Batman was very hard to defeat in a fight, and he wasn't just an angry millionaire that learns how to fight like in a boxing ring. Right. The guy learned he learned with these like international assassins, like this league of assassins, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So absolutely uh what was was a cool I love to see Ross Al I love the character, I loved him in the comics. I forgot what issue it was, but I had this awesome picture of him like rising out of the pit. Oh, what was yeah. that pit? The Lazarus pit, pit. I forget the name. Lazarus Pit. The Lazarus, Lazarus, pit. Lazarus yes. pit, yeah, and he's coming out, and it's like it was all green, and it's like dripping off of him. And he's like, ah, it's like <laughs> I've spent a thousand years, whatever the, the 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 you know narration was, but right. Um, I love that they brought the character. Liam Neeson is awesome, so he's I love great. Him, yeah, I love he's seeing great. Him. So I agree with you, hundred percent. Batman Begins was kick ass. Dark Knight was great too. Yeah, and I even like the one with um, Bane. what was the third one? Dark Knight Rises with Bane. Yeah, yeah I mean, I like the character Tom of Bane. Hardy. It was a much different take on on him, like the whole intelligent, you know, aspect of him, and um, more realistic, more realistic. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I liked about that. It was more more realistic with the characters. I mean, I liked I I did like Dark Knight Rises because it kind of wrapped around the, the like the trilogy wrapped itself around because it's it had the you know it uh, applied you know applied with what happened in the first one it had to do with Raza Ghul, which was great. And, you know, right. uh, you know, Raza Ghul's daughter, Bane, and then you threw Catwoman in there, Anna Hathaway. Um, I still can't get over how good she made leather look. <laughs> I, I, I remember looking at the press pictures where the Dark Knight Rises when they came out, and then they, yeah. had, they had that one of her on the bat cycle, and I was laughing because like the internet was like, why is she on the bat cycle? She don't need to be on the bat cycle. And I'm looking, and I'm like, damn. I was like, I was like, oh, cool, Bane. Well, you're going like, uh, Zoe Kravitz in, uh, in the new Batman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah how great. how was her how was her take on Selena Kyle? Because that Love character it. is yeah, just you know, Selena's just. There's been a lot of different takes on her. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, 
did a really good take on her. And then you got Anne Hathaway. This is like the third time we get to see yeah. a take on Catwoman. Yeah, she was uh, she was excellent. She was excellent. Um, she's beautiful. Um, uh, she's sexy. And, and, and in the movie, she was uh, a little darker, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and not uh, not too crazy. But uh, she seemed more um, determined in this right. film. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked her a lot. Yeah, I thought they were all great. Um, Colin Farrell as the penguin, unrecognizable. Yeah, and I, I, and I and I, I, and, I, and, I made, and I was in a discussion with a few people, and I said, I, I don't. Why would they cast him? Mm -hmm. Why would they cast Colin Farrell and make him look like a completely different person? Why not find an actor that looks a lot closer to who it is that you want to? you know, uh, what him to look like. Right. And uh, I read an article today that said that uh, the makeup, um, they did the makeup and uh, they, they the, when the makeup was presented, it was almost like they decided to go in that direction after they saw the prosthetic. It wasn't something that was planned. Uh -huh. the, make, the makeup artist just came to Matt Reeves and said, this is what I'm thinking for the penguin. And he's like, Oh my gosh. And he's like, can we make that look real? Like it's not a mask. And, and, uh, he showed it to uh, Colin Farrell and he liked it a lot. And they, they twisted his arm cause the director didn't want to do it at first. And, uh, after they did it, they really liked the way that it came out. So they decided to stick with it. So, nice. uh, yeah, I thought that was great. I thought that was very interesting. I thought it was strange, you know, to cast him and then to hide who he is. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when you watch the film, you would never know it was him. Wow. <laughs> never by voice or by uh, um, his eyes or anything. You just wouldn't tell. Some amazing work. Yeah, yeah he was I, good as well. I heard that Matt Reeves, when he was writing this, and he was coming up with it. He didn't have Robert Patterson in mind. What happened was he watched a movie of Robert Patterson's and it's a movie that it's on Netflix right now. I've passed through it a bunch of times. And then, and finally one night I was going to watch it, but I ended up watching something else. But after reading this, he said that he made the decision of casting Robert Patterson and as you know, Bruce Wayne Batman. After watching Good Times, it's a uh, good time. It's a yeah, movie on yeah. Netflix. I've I've seen the previews for it because the story looks sounds pretty good. But it, I never never did sit down and watch it yet. But now I want to. I was like, what did he see in that? And then when he seen that, he thought of Robert Patterson, and he continued writing the rest of the movie with him in mind. After that, and then yeah. You know, he, he approached him about, you know, playing this character and it's it great casting. He was great. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm one movie I'm excited about that has been pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And I wish it would finally come out, which it probably, it will, um, Morbius. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I've been waiting for that for like ever. It's been pushed back six times. Yeah, that always makes me worry about a movie when they do that. And I yeah. just have to wonder if there's a lot of reshoots. Um, I, I know I've read a couple articles about them pushing it back. Um, from what I understood, the last time they pushed it back, um, it might have had something to do with the success of Spider-Man and that they wanted to kind of link some um, Spider-Man stuff in with the film. Right. Now, again, again these are just um, online articles that are probably more – 
you know, rumor and speculation than it is fact. But uh, that's that's what I heard from the last time. Yeah, I look forward to it. Um, I, lo- I love the character of Morbius. I want to see what Sony does with it. I do mm-hmm. like the Sony films, um, more particularly the Spider-Man films. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed the Venom films. I feel like uh, there's some things about the Venom films I would have done differently that I'm not really crazy about. Right. Um, but they're entertaining. You know, they're entertaining. And my son and I took him to see both of the films and we have fun watching them for sure. Yeah. Um, I like the so, last but, one. I, the letter be yeah. carnage. I, I like that because I like how they pay, they, they played it off with the big, like towards the end was the big payoff of, you know, you get to see both these characters go at it at the, yeah. you know, at each yeah. other. And that's what it is. It's, 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 it's almost like each movie is like an issue of a comic book and it kind of wraps up at the end with this big fight scene. And, and uh, I mean, which is, I mean, that's a, a legitimate format, right? Of course, for yeah. an action uh, superhero <laughs> film like that. Right. Um, I think there were just certain things about the film that I wish they had done a little bit differently uh, in Venom. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them is, um, but I think it's part of it. It's you know they they made Eddie Brock a very comedic, almost um, split personality. I mean, obviously with Venom talking to him, but uh, yeah, he almost he almost seems a little insane at at times. You know, right. which I could understand sharing a body with a symbiote. But um, I think there would have been things there that I did a little bit differently. It seems mm-hmm. like there's like a lot of slapstick in that stuff with yeah. him, you know, like yeah. breaking stuff over his head and all like that. <laughs> so, uh, but whatever. I mean, that's the way they de- that's the direction they decided to go in the films. I felt like you know Venom could be something they did that was really kind of a dark film. Um, mm-hmm. But w- with that said, what w- yeah. what what can I say that they've been successful or whatever, and I've enjoyed them w- with my son. Um, but I just hope Sony does a good job with Morbius, and I hope it's not too much uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for kind of just this diluted like you know let, let's play on a lot of tropes and just do a lot of you know dumb cgi and stuff i hope it's really a cool flick because yeah i think that uh i think it can be with jared leto i think it could be a cool flick it's a definitely a cool character mm-hmm. um and um, I think I, I hope that they do a great job with it because I'd love to see a good Morbius uh, on on screen for sure. Oh, I hope yeah. it comes out too. Yeah, I, I I do too because I'm looking at this and I, I've been watching all the trailers and all the stuff for for this film. When I seen this back before the pandemic hit 2020, I said I said to a few people, I said you're gonna forget about pretty much him being the Joker in the suicide squad with this, because this movie will make him this. When you see, when you hear Jared Leto, you're going to think Morbius, like Robert Downey Mm -hmm. Jr. When you think of him, you think of Iron Man, Tony Stark, Mm -hmm. this is going to be that role. And I feel he's never had that one role that defined him, you know, like when like Michael Keaton, Batman, Beetlejuice, there's two there, but I feel sure. Jared Leto, as long as he's been in doing movies, he's not found that one role that when you hear the name, you think of that character. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think this could be that vehicle for him for sure. I do too. I, I have a, yeah. I have a lot of hope for it, for it, you know, because as long, long as he's been in it, like, um, like Lilo Neeson, man, when you think of him, I think of taken, <laughs> 
yeah, I think yeah. I think it's taken. But then also, I I think back. I'm like, yeah, he trained Obi Wan and he led the A team too. <laughs> right, so, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> he has a new one coming out. I, I've been seeing. Yeah. I I like I like, the, I, I, I like he comes it. out with a new movie like every month now. He he pretty much does. He pretty much does. Ice Road Truckers or whatever I was watching the other day. Ice Road Truckers. It was ice ice something. It was he was an ice road trucker. It was you know cool action flick. It's I love him. <laughs> I love to see Liam Neeson and stuff. Oh, I do too. I like that one movie he did where he was on the train trying to find, trying to solve a, um, trying to figure out what was going on when he was on the train and they were gonna come, come on, come on the train and try to kill him. I don't know uh, if I saw that one. Yeah, that that one, that one was it was a pretty good. I forget the name of it. Sounds, like a, sounds like a straight to video. <laughs> <laughs> it it does, it does, but it's been doing a lot of those straight to videos lately. But uh yeah, yeah, good for him, man. He's working and he's you know he's getting some cool action flicks out there. Yeah. Now I did watch a while back ago. I watched uh, I watched an indie movie and. It's been a long, long, very long time, Thomas, since I seen a bad independent movie. And yeah, this this one, it was just it it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. I went over to fr- my friend invited me and my wife over eat dinner and he's like, Hey, wanna watch this movie here? And I was like, What do you got? And he's going through his movies there and he popped on it and it had uh W WCW Kevin Nash was in it Mm. and he was on the front cover and it had to do something about the pandemic. Like, and I forget the name of it, COVID destruction or some crazy title. And he's on the front cover. And it's like, it's Kevin Nash. We're like, all right, I'll let's give it a, let's give it a go. Let's watch it. What's the worst that can happen a lot. (laughs) It just, he's on the front cover and it's starring Kevin Nash. He was in, three scenes in the beginning of the movie and you didn't see him through the whole rest of the movie. And then you seen him at the very end. And it, it had to do with this couple that the husband had to go to this high school and rescue his sister who his homeless sister, because this group of people he knew were going to going into um, where homeless people were during the pandemic and they were killing them. So he had to go rescue his sister and it just, they shot it in a really like run down like building, like almost like a factory and then part of a gym. And it just, it just, it wasn't that great. We watched, we watched the whole movie just to see like, what's Kevin Nash going to show up? And we're watching yeah. it. I mean, the di- the di- dialogue was kind of, I mean, dialogue was good at times, but it just, the way it was cut and shot, the fight sequences, I just was not too happy with it. And then at the very end of the movie, you see Kevin Nash, you're like, Oh, there he is. <laughs> but they did say at the end of the movie, they said this was shot basically with nothing. And I was like, I was like, wow. I mean, they pretty much the threw it together ahead of time, right? What's that? That's like the apology before you watch the movie. Like, yeah. sorry for what you're about to witness. Yeah. I just spend a lot of money on this. Yeah, it just yeah. it just it just wasn't that great. I'm like, wow. It's like I'm 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 wondering. I'm still wondering. And we, me and my friend, were joking. It's like if we ever go to meet and greet, meet Kevin Ash, we one of us is gonna we bet each other. One of us, you got to bring that question up. How we got attached? I would bring it up. I I would definitely bring. I would bring a DVD <laughs> to get signed. 
<laughs> it'd probably be like nah. <laughs> one time we uh one time we met uh d wallace you know famous for et and the howling and you know yeah a bunch of uh cujo and a bunch of other films and we met d and uh we had done a little research on her and she had appeared in an indie film called uh aliens from uranus <laughs> and uh we did uh we did not let her live that down for for a few minutes we went up and talked to her about it and she i think she honestly did not remember doing the film you know it was just <laughs> something that she had done somewhere along the way but uh we had a lot of fun with that one with her and she was a great sport and a lovely person but uh that was fun <laughs> Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that is that is cool. I I was talking to someone about like when when like people that are big now in like with movies and stuff, they you sometimes you got to start somewhere. You know, you have to start somewhere. Like Jennifer Aniston, she won't talk about Leprechaun. That was like one of her first movies. She right. Just, right. She won't talk about it. You you, right. you they they've tried to bring it up in the past. She blows it off like it never yeah. happened. It's like, come yeah. on! Like, I heard that. I don't know if you heard this. Susan, uh, Susan Sarandon. It. She's finally talking about Rocky Horror Picture Show. She wouldn't talk about it for years, and she's mm. finally like acknowledging and noticing that how yeah. people love love that film, and she's yeah. slowly, you know, acknowledging it now after all these years. And sure, it's like, sure. wow, it was a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, I would it acknowledge it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, wow. But um, yeah, uh, man. As always, it, it is great talking with you and coming on. And yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me on again. It's been great. I I thank everybody who's been kind of hanging with us and listening in. And um, if I could uh, guide anybody to our website. Right, it's www.theaterofterror.net. Um, yeah, awesome. Thanks, man. You're welcome. There's haunted, and you know we got some uh, news and all that kind of stuff down there, and merchandise that we're selling. Sold out, sold out, sold out. Hopefully, sold we'll out. get some stuff in soon again. Um, but uh, yeah, check us out on theaterofterror.net, and if you scroll all the way to the bottom here, there's a little subscribe button. Uh, where we'd love it if you guys could subscribe to the site. We'll send you all the news about what's cooking with Theater of Terror, what we're working on when we have casting calls. Um, we throw that on there as well. You could, um, like Everett mentioned, our uh, Facebook page. You could check that out. That'd be awesome. Uh, follow us on uh, on there. On Twitter, I think we're Theater Terror. On um, Instagram, we're Theater Terror. Not of, just Theater Terror. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to take you guys along uh, on the ride with us uh, as we continue to make some fun, interesting, um, suspenseful, chilling, scary horror movies. So yes. uh, thanks again for having me on, man, so I can promote everything. I really appreciate I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem, man. No problem. Because when when you when you put out there, you're just like, hey, I want to go on some podcast and I want to talk about theater terror. I'm like, yeah, right here, man. I hit you right up. I'm like, I'm DM you soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like, I was like, Tom, t- 
Tom wants to go on a podcast. Yeah, definitely. You're always welcome to come on here and talk about Appreciate talk it, about anything, man. And I I love having you coming on. I love having conversations with you. This this is great. Um, at least I didn't have to hit up a PR person like with Jeremiah Kemp. I got to tease him about that. <laughs> I was like, Mr. Hollywood, now you got a PR person. And I was That's teasing it, with man. it. Jeremiah but, is moving up in the world. And uh, you yeah. know, sometimes you got to put a little filter there and make sure, you know, not everybody's like uh, – now everybody's like me. I'll do any podcast, you know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> but but it, this yeah. one is especially the one I wanted to do. No, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Jeremiah is awesome. I just got to work with him recently on another indie project. It's so great to see a guy like him having so much success mm-hmm. and um, not even close to forgetting where uh, where he came from. And he's still uh, he's still you know at least ankle deep in the indie scene. Uh, on the low budget end with uh, with a bunch of us where we're just out there for the passion and to have fun. And uh, we're still working on those projects together. So I, I, I love them and I wish them all the success. And uh, yeah, man, I, I'm going to get a PR person real soon, Everett. So, you know, count yourself lucky here to have this, <laughs> this uh, easy setup that we did, this little Facebook messaging back and forth arrangement. <laughs> <laughs> just put in, with, put in with the PR person that... When a person named Everett Lee that says, I want to be on your podcast, you know, on my podcast. <laughs> instant in, dude. Instant approval. Don't worry about it. I'll be calling you from Hollywood. I'm, just, I'm looking for a podcast to get on. <laughs> oh, man. This has yeah, been great. And Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Well, you're welcome. And I do want to thank everyone tuning in tonight here on Podbeam Live. I want to thank everyone that tuned in and listened. And you can follow more of the Everett Lee Show audio podcast right here on. Uh, yeah. Oh, hi. Yeah. Just thank you, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we're. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can follow Everett Lee Show audio podcast right here on Podbeam. And then, of course, on Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and on iTunes. And follow Everett Lee Show over on Facebook, Everett Lee Show Pod. Uh, anything happens live. Twitter at the Everett Lore Score Lee. And on Podcast City Network, your top source for independent podcast, and be creative, be yourself. Head over to podcastcity.net to listen to podcasts such as The Everett Lee Show, Final Score, Verbal Shenanigans, Horror Pop After Midnight, The Imaginarium with Scott and Todd, and much, much more around podcastcity.net. And follow them on Facebook, Podcast City Network, and on Twitter at Podcast City Net. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Everett Lee Show. 